Hello, welcome to another episode on Serious Conversation on Sex, Politics, Religion and Other Things. My name is JR. And I'm William. And before we start the show, let's roll the fantastic jingle. So recently I watched a movie called uh, Night of Cups um, by uh, Terence Malick. Yeah, okay. it was a, I, I, th- I thought it was a very interesting movie. Have you seen uh, any of his movies, William? Yeah, yeah, I have. I've seen, um, let's see, I saw Tree of Life and I also saw uh, The Thin Red Line. And I, I rewatched The Thin Red Line on a, on a plane recently. So uh, yeah, Terence mm. Malick is a little fresh on my mind. <coughs> right. A lot of people think, uh, particularly the movie uh, Night of Cups, was very pretentious because it was sort of uh, uh, Christian Bale just go around, you know, driving around town uh, and then just doing these. Uh, uh, they were they they sort of call it, you know, the the, the critical people call it the pseudo philosophical uh, soliloquy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It appeared to be a little bit pretentious for some people. Yeah, yeah, but, that's that's definitely uh, Terence Malick. <laughs> Right, you either right, like right, it or right, don't like yeah. it, but that, that's his style, yeah. Right, 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 yeah. Uh, but this particular movie, though, I mean, I think the Tree of Life, I remember it to be a little bit over the top, but we can talk about it later. Yeah. But the uh, the Night of Cups was actually, it was actually quite zen. Right? It was, yeah. I, I thought it was all right. It was, uh, mm, it, somebody told me that this movie was not made strictly off the, uh, on the script. It was, uh, um, a lot of it was improvised and... Um, okay. But 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 it sort of came together in the end. But it, it, this may or may not be a publicity stern uh, thing to say, right? But I, I believe that, that there was a um, a sense of randomness in, in the movie. But nevertheless, it was sort of uh, um, stitched together with a meaningful sort of uh, cuts, right? Um, yeah. An organization in the end. Um, I, I'd recommend it because. You know the movie was beautifully done in terms of uh, cinematography. Um, if you if you don't like the content, it you can you can just enjoy, you know the color, the saturations, the uh, the lights and and, and and the sceneries, right? How things are. Uh, the, the movie gave me a sense it was a very clean sort of environment. Yeah. Of course, in the movie it was a, it was a in fact in, that was an emphatic point in the movie, right? It, that everything seemed so clean and seemed so sexy and seemed so. Um, full of things to do this world right full of uh, things that are interesting and fun and so on but I think in the end it's it's a very Kierkegaardian sort of a, uh, mm. uh, point it's that you have this um, infinite possibilities uh, outside the realm of your physical body right this world right? this infinite possible world infinitely possible world right uh, but you are limited by all sorts of things, but when when you realize the in the infinity of this world, uh, the the all sorts of things and all sorts of eventualities that could be possible, then you caught you are caught in this uh, in this uh, you know dilemma, right? Uh, 
uh, you're unable to move, you're unable to really enjoy anything. Even though many things in this movie, for instance, trying to make a point, many things out here are very enjoyable, right? Uh, but once you realize the, uh, mm, you know, nothing, you know, the point that there's nothing very special about this particular time and point that's very interesting now, then you lose sort of uh, uh, the appreciative eyes and, and the sympathetic ears to, to all things that's, that's happening around you, right? Um, and and in, the, in the end, the movie sort of, uh, uh, it was interesting, the movie, there was a, a bit of a soliloquy with, you know, there's this, this, this couple of scenes with uh, Christian Bale's character's father um, trying to ask for wisdom from 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 his father right because he simply lived longer I think that's the point of this uh, these scenes right um, um, a man has simply outlived uh, you know lived longer than uh, these people in in the same sort of uh, uh, despair and, yeah uh, because because just the condition and nature of this world, right? Uh, that's why um, the you know the forebears seem to have some wisdoms that, that, that are attractive for the offsprings, right? So there's there's, there's also uh, you know talks about about um, the collective unconsciousness, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, so and 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 anyway, the wisdom is to um, in the end of the movie, basically, the father just said begin right and the movie basically ends there mm. um it, it's it's not a you know it's not a yeah that, that sounds like fi- Malik. <laughs> right 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 but i um, you know i maybe just down to personal taste but yeah. I, I don't think this particular movie is very pretentious uh just i i can it's 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 quite relatable right um i, I, th- I think the uh, for some people, you know, money. Okay, the 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 point I'm about to say now is totally unrelatable, right? Yeah, to me yeah. personally. Uh, but I think the movie uh, has a point that well, you know, you can have all the money, you can have all those uh, good sort of uh, sexual relationships with whatever women you you would like to have with, right? Um, the, the which is this this character ex- is uh, experiencing, right? This extreme hedonism, right? And the movie begin with, uh, uh, um, you know, the 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 father in a narrative say in a in a narration saying, um, uh, the, the prince. Well, I think that's that, that's actually te- technically the story, the, the actual story of uh, Knight of Cups. Uh, a prince was sent to the east to fetch a pearl, but uh, somebody pours him a drink, and then he so he drinks that and forgets all about the mission to. To get to fetch the pole, mm-hmm. uh, but the, uh, the 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 king, the father, uh, endlessly uh, sends you know messenger to remind him, but he never listens, and then the movie properly begins. Right? Um, it's, it, uh, I think it's interesting. It's an interesting movie. I, I like how it's shot in the deserts and the mountain and and the scenery. Right? And the humans in them are so beautiful. Uh, but again, it it that they all seem to be victims, right? Yeah. Um, quite interesting. Well, you know, I've, from the remarks I've made, I mean, it sounds like I want to make fun of Terence Malick, but you know, I, I actually do. I respect Terence Malick, and I want to explain why I I don't necessarily mm. see eye to eye with his vision or with his uh, sort of his artistic project. But mm. you know. F- 
the sense I get from his films is that he he's really deeply sensitive, and what I admire about him is that he wears that on his mm. sleeve. I mean, he's very just open about it. You know, I think mm. one of the things he wants to show is that you know, underlying all human relationships is just this this essential tenderness, this kindness. Or mm. At any rate, that's how things should be. Maybe he conflates mm. the two the two points. <coughs> that's the sense that I got from the Tree of Life and also from the Thin Red Line. But you know, I I respect him once again, just insofar as he does have this very clear artistic vision and that he pursues that in his films. And I think he is an auteur in the the true sense of the term. That mm. you know, he's a director who makes films according to his artistic taste and not according to commercial preference or, you know commercial mm. demands and you know I, I really do respect that about him but but yeah getting to that distinction between kind of a commercial director and a sort of an auteur this is something that I've you know kind of thought about from time to time but I, I just want to talk about these two types of directors and you know I don't think this is necessarily the only two types of directors there are in the world but you know, I think on the one hand, the commercial director is someone who, as I already indicated, kind of directs according to the uh, popular taste, just according to derivative mm. styles, to derivative stylistic considerations. He doesn't really try to innovate because, you know, mm. he's just employed by a studio and he just wants to make a living, which is fine. I mean, you know, it's, it's tough if you want to be involved in movies and make a living. Right, right. But then you know there's there's a, there's directors such as Terence Malick who are auteurs in the the truest sense of the term. You know they have a. I think what sets them apart is that for one thing they have a, a vision, and what I mean by a vision is um, in a literal sense they they see the shots, and they have mm. a, a deep feeling of how things should be visually arranged to create an aesthetic effect. Yeah, it's a, so literally it was a vision. Right, right, right. I mean, I, I think they're visionaries just in the same sense as, you know, a Renaissance, <coughs> a Renaissance <coughs> excuse me, a Renaissance painter is a visionary, you know. Mm. And then they, they also have, I think most tour directors also have a clear sense of intellectual direction or purpose that, you know, some sort of, you know, some some sort of thesis that they want to make their films to, to support. You know, like like most artists. You mm. know, whereas once again a commercial director is making films towards the popular taste, towards what ultimately will make money. Mm. But yeah, getting back to Terence Malick, um yeah, as I said, I mean I've seen the Thin Red Line and The Tree of Life and you know, once again I, I really do admire Terence Malick just in that he, he is putting his vision out there you know he's really making an effort but <laughs> let's see yeah I, I don't want to sound like I'm just I'm going to be railing on Terrence Malick but some of the things I didn't necessarily like about the the, uh, the tree of life is the CGI <laughs> for one thing the CGI mm. I don't Re know remind me of it I, I don't remember that now I told you before when I was watching uh, the tree of life I was not in a proper yeah mind mindset <laughs> yeah. so maybe inebriated um, yeah. Oh no 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 no! Yeah yeah, yeah. You were with. Uh, what was that? Yeah yeah. I was not with a. I was in an environment where it yeah. was not very conducive in terms of uh, trying to get some sense or meaning out of a movie uh, when I was watching it. Uh, so what? What in *True of Life* was CGI? Well, let's see. It's been about three years since I've actually seen this film, so you know, 
I don't Brad Pitt was not Brad Pitt was not actually context in the film in which this happens, but at, at some point there's a digression and it goes back. The film goes back to the origin of the universe, essentially, another you know, the creation of matter of life, and it traces the development of life. Uh, so it shows dinosaurs, but these dinosaurs are CGI. Ah. And I thought it was uh, the problem ah. with CGI, and you know. You'll hear both sides of the issue, you know, on the one hand, oh, well, we can do with CGI, we can create these things that people won't be able to see otherwise with CGI. And okay, that's fair enough, but my problem with CGI is that it, I mean, if you include CGI in your film, you Im are immediately dating it to the period in which it was made, because, you know, now mm. it might look good, it might look good. It was this, I think this film was, what, 2014, 2015 or something. So, you know, it, it may have, have looked good. life. Yeah. That's... It's got to be before that. I think it was uh, 2012 or something. Okay, like. okay, was it? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I don't have the date in front of me, but just, you know, it might have looked good in that year when it came out, but, you know, 10 years down the line, there's just going to be the new technology. There's going to be more things that have come out, and it's just going to look, you know, silly at that point. Mm. You know, I remember watching Terminator with my dad for the first time, and when, you know, Schwarzenegger his character when his skin gets torn off Wh it's which just one the, the first one you know the first okay. the first terminator when his right. skin gets torn off and it's just the the robot itself it's like mm -hmm. stop motion like me and my brother we were just kids we <laughs> just burst out laughing <laughs> and my dad was really he was disconcerted <laughs> we said because he said you know when, when i first saw this film i thought that was terrifying you <laughs> know now my yeah. kids are laughing at it so you know it's just that's just when, so what, at what age did you see that? Oh, I must have been 10, 9 or 10. Huh. I remember watching that around the same age. I was terrified as well. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, it's ma especially, maybe this is cynical. Especially the part... <laughs> maybe it's more cynical especially <laughs> Right, right. You're not impressed if you've seen that happening in flesh in yeah. real life. You, yeah. you just turn off your mate's eye. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. I, I remember especially the part where he cut off his eye. Right. This, yeah. uh, this Terminator and uh, I remember so my, I was watching in the living room and my grandma sort of came out at some point and just, just saw that scene and walked away <laughs> and then she didn't tell me anything but afterwards she told my aunt because I was staying in my aunt's place and she told my aunt you shouldn't show you shouldn't show her this sort of stuff anymore right, <laughs> hide away the DVD box or something like that <laughs> and, and then aunt told me uh, may, it may have to do something to do with uh, the fact uh, grandma was scheduled to do a uh, eye surgery the next day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's funny. The ca catalyst. What, what was it called? Ca cactus or ca ca catalyst? Uh, cataract. Cataract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, um, yeah. It, but you know that aside, maybe maybe I am just a cynical child. Maybe I'm just a cynical person. But <laughs> but to me, you know, when it's a special effect. Especially CGI yeah. when that's included in a film. I mean, special effects. Yeah, you have to have special effects in movies that call for it. You know, you can't mm. you know actually kill someone or you can't actually yeah. destroy a building in some cases. But yeah, the more special effects you have, and especially the more CGI you have, is it's likely going right. to date the film. I mean, practical effects probably hold yeah. up a little better in my view, but. You know, another right. film just off the top of my head, like Wolf of Wall Street, it has a lot of CGI, and even now, it's it's already starting to look kind of dated, you know. 
So I mean that, that's, that, that's 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 my hmm. complaint about CGI and you know CGI. I've heard people jump to the fence of CGI, but that's just you know that's just my view. I mean, if you're making a film for commercial purposes, if, if no one's going to actually watch it 15 years down the line, then you know, fine, whatever has right. CGI. But right, but you know, those special effects from the 70s are already becoming classics. Yeah. The 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 silliness of it all is is what's uh, what what was the movie called? Uh, Aeroplane, right? Is that is that a movie? Um, uh, it, yeah, was a, it was a comedy. Yeah, about yeah, this yeah. plane just couldn't so. land or something like that. Yeah, right. Uh, I remember special effects in that. Yeah, you know, you watch this movie going, yeah, that's clearly fake, but that's not the point, right? Yeah. Um So maybe one day these uh, silly CGI. But I think I, I think there's a um, these movies with CGI's now ta- are taking this, you know, their efforts in making something real so seriously to the point there's no return, right? Um, it's like uh, it's like uh, that the movie w- w- we just you know talked again and again uh, r- the room right yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. way there was no way this director could could actually convince people that he wasn't he wasn't trying to make a serious movie <laughs> it was meant to be a funny com- comedy yeah. there was no way he could do that it was like these CGI's now right it's uh, if it's um, um, worse in terms of quality compared to something one year down the line then it's just the worst movie then right? yeah, yeah, yeah um right it's like you know it's like these screens in cars these days it's 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 never gonna last you know it's never gonna age well um yeah, you know you've yeah. got these tesla huge screen in it and his lexus with you know getting back of a bmw 7 series or an audi a8 whoa you don't know. You you're you're like in Best Buy. You feel like you're just in Best Buy now in in the tablet sections, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, that's that's a good analogy, I think. So you know, if if C- yeah. CGI is to technology in a car, then you know, practical effects are to like yeah. wood or leather. You know, like those right, are just exactly. nice little luxury things that don't really age right. like technology does. So uh, yeah. right, I don't I don't think anything that's gonna. You know the the current version of Audi A8, for instance, is never going to become a classic car. Yeah, nothing's going to work anymore in twenty years <laughs> in that car <laughs> right, anyway. Right, in, right. in the in the back, yeah. you know. Um, whereas you know the, the Quattro thing from the eighties, well, th- those are properly, uh, th- th- those are very classy now. Right? Well, yeah, and I think that's that's getting to what the problem that I have with all this really elaborate CGI is that I mean I I think you know just as in in a car this new cutting edge technology is all mm. well it's meant to sell units you know if if you've got the uh, right, 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 right. the next big thing that will amuse people for about a month yeah. then you know you're going to sell, sell more models and I, I think in that same sense CGI is meant well yeah I mean it creates more spectacle in films but right. the problem in Terrence Malick's film is that it's not a spectacular film you know it's a film with that's meant to convey a, mm. a deep philosophical mm. purpose and yet it has a CGI in it it has this big dinosaur right. creature that's CGI so I mean it seems like a, a pretty major flaw to have this this film that's meant to be you know like this deeply again philosophical reflection on the the nature not just of human life but of life generally and yet it has this this dinosaur right. that already looks ridiculous in you know 2016 right. so uh, yeah one niggling problem that i had with it was the cgi the other was the the jump cuts in the film i mean i mean it's cool in godard it's like chic it's euro euro chic 
in Qatar. Yeah. The, the French, the French, they can get away with doing. The French are like they call themselves a jag owner, right? Yeah. They can just get away with doing whatever they doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. But but in a, but I mean the the thing with the jump cuts and like Breathless, for instance, you know, obviously the the film that's most associated with jump cuts is that. I mean that's that's it's part of the style of the film. It's kind of contrary and it's kind of edgy and cool, you know. Mm. But to take that and to associate that with some sort of European intellectualism, I, and then to bring it over <laughs> into your own film, that's like this this sort of deep, reflective, philosophical thing. I don't know. It just didn't work for me. You know, it just seemed kind of arbitrary and needless. Right. But I mean, <laughs> right. but all in all, I mean, the film. I, I like the film. Those are just two. The two things that jumped out to me that that really stuck in my mind was the jump cuts and the CGI. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another point okay. is, uh, so Terrence Malick. I mean, I think he's actually come out and said, yeah, I, I couldn't. You know, don't don't quote me on this, but that he's deeply influenced mm. by Andrei Tarkovsky. <coughs> and mm. uh, okay. There's there's a lot of sort of visual homages to the mirror, Andrew Tarkovsky's film, the mirror in Tree of Life, and you know I I, I don't that's I don't have anything against that. I think it's good to show an homage to directors that you admire, to artists that you admire in your own work. So <laughs> it's just amusing thought just came to my mind. Yeah. What if like twenty or thirty or maybe seventy years down the line, some future uh, directors are going to come out and say. I was hugely inspired by Michael Bay. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what? by then it, it would have become you, you never know. history. You never know. I, I don't know because because things that were meant in earnest about fifty years ago start to acquire like a sort of a ironic, kitschy <laughs> appeal to them. You know, like yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think of. 70s exploitation films I guess those were always kind of tongue in cheek though so maybe that's not the best example but yeah uh, oh you know like noir films the and then neo-noir I don't yeah, yeah, there's there's a funny relationship between neo-noir and noir because on the one hand neo-noir wants to capture some of that that cool but it's also also kind of an understated there's also an undercurrent of satire and that runs throughout neo noir, I think. So I mean, yeah, I I, I could definitely see someone coming out <laughs> fifty years later and saying that they they wanted to make giant robots because they loved Michael Bay. They'd probably have to yeah. be a French person to make it good. But it, it is funny though. But it, well, <laughs> if if France still exists, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it's not New Arabia, you know, <laughs> <laughs> New Syria. Yeah. <laughs> a little political joke yeah. there. I apologize. We should keep this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll be censored by the French government. <laughs> well, the, um, I was going to say, but if you think about it, it, for instance, right, uh, Audrey Herbert, so, something like that, now, now Demons is an old time classic um, actress and, you know, to one of the best. But it was she was basically she was basically the equivalent of Megan Fox of that time. Yeah, right. Um, so you know it's it's not unreasonable to 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 postulate and maybe sometime down the down down the line, someone's gonna emulate Megan Fox and and Michael Bay and all of that. Um, because taste would change, and then you know you don't, you don't know maybe 
anything that that's famous at one point in history will become a classic in the future. Right. Yeah, in, you know, I've, I've been thinking you know, about that just in terms ba- of Beethoven was writing yeah. all those scatophilia sort of musicals, right? Or uh, Mozart, uh, yeah. A uh, Mozart, yeah. Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know, maybe maybe Beethoven too. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, he had a he had a sort of a stormy personal life, <coughs> from what I understand. <laughs> Very butthurt. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean his father beat him mercilessly, so I mean yeah. that's yeah. <laughs> maybe something that's <laughs> worth being a little yeah. agitated about. Yeah, you know the Mo- Mozart would be the equivalent of who today? You know, like uh, actually nobody's as naughty as he was right right now. Nobody, nobody hides a line in it, in his music about eating eating shit and stuff like that. <laughs> um, yeah, hmm. uh, pro- probably know. rappers. I mean, I don't know. Rappers are pretty pretty outrageous, aren't they? Not that okay, I so not P. That Diddy, I know, but P Diddy, yeah. you know, P Diddy, two hundred years down the line will be <laughs> the Mozart's. Oh right. God, I hope not. Because that could only <laughs> that can only mean that music would actually degenerate <coughs> two hundred years well, yeah, down the line. What, Sure, but you know, but at that time, I mean, back then, maybe some somebody said the same thing. You know, somebody suggested maybe Mozart would become an all-time classic 20, 20 years down the line. Somebody's, oh god, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, well, yeah, and uh, uh, let's see. I mean, in the Roman Empire, for instance, let's take this for an example. So, when when a culture becomes really decadent, as frankly the United mm. States has become, I mean, we we really shouldn't even try to pretend that this is a morally superior society at all at this point it's just it's a <laughs> culture of hedonism and decadence i mean i don't think even even someone who loves this culture couldn't deny that at this point but when, when a culture reaches this stage i mean at the time i think there's a lot of people frankly like me who are sort of morally outraged by it and say oh this is this is awful this is terrible uh-huh and yes. you know i mean it happened in the roman empire but uh, there, there's i think the very fact of that it's outrageous and decadent that in you know future epochs it becomes something that's admirable all of this uh, you, you know in the, in the Roman Empire I mean you have Tacitus Sallust even you know back in the Republican period they were pretty disgusted with it you know, they're morally outraged but <coughs> you know the, the decadence of you know Nero Caligula you know continues to capture our imagination it's precisely because they reached this this incredible height of depravity, <coughs> hmm. frankly, and I, I think sure. I think France has that same sort of charm. You know, the late eighteenth century, the, the the aristocracy was just completely an appendage of the state. That just this this sort of decadent, hedonistic, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sort of parasitic, vestigial entity, and you know that was the probably the cause of the democratic sort of reaction to the the entire system of aristocracy but i mean even that that has its own charm because i mean despite the fact that they didn't really do anything practical in a political sense they still had this this height of culture the this height of refinement of uh yeah delicate tastes i mean yeah french cooking to this day is a product of that you know the 18th century and you know to this day it's still held as the most prestigious in the world essentially so yeah, I mean, I think it's all just to say that the decadence that's achieved by a culture that reaches a, you know, the just the apex of its power, does come to be admired mm-hmm. in future 
future peers despite the moral outrage <coughs> against it even in its own time so there's a point I so wonder yes. that I've been so thinking it will about. happen then. it will happen then. Lil Wayne P. Diddy these will be you know sculpturized <laughs> um, remembered as the uh, you know they will be remembered as great minds such as Mozart and Nietzsche or you know <laughs> For George, Giorgio Vasari, you know, all these people. As yeah, scholars right. in the future will have busts of these men <coughs> and their, their, their yeah. libraries and their, their libraries and they'll. Yeah. I mean, nothing against PDD or Lil Wayne. I just think the music's shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and their personality and everything about them. Yeah. Well, I couldn't agree with you more there. Yeah. Right. Kanye yeah. West is alright because apparently he's a hardcore. <laughs> 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 As we've already discussed. <laughs> What a strange, strange he'll world be, we live in. He'll be, this, he'll be the subject of icon painting already. You know, <laughs> sanctified next to his wife's icon. <laughs> yeah, you know, a, a mania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. Mm. So yeah, well, it's funny see, uh, to think you, everything, you you, everything you detest now, you know, it will be celebrated. <laughs> At the height of culture 200 years from now. Yeah. yeah. Frightening. Frightening stuff. Mm. You know, nobody gives a damn about these uh, poets <laughs> in a in a underground Tokyo, <laughs> right? So it's just a weird thought, you know. Yeah. It, 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 the, the whole judgment system of history, um, it really is quite strange, right? Yeah. It's, it's and it, it passes down unless if you are year zero and everything is new to you you're creating history otherwise you know the way everything is judged is really not up to you right not not up to anyone and it's not always the it's, it's actually very rarely the genuinely um uplifting spiritually uplifting thing would be actually passed because you know not only do you inherit the you know the the actual products from the last couple of generations but also the way everything's judged right yeah um yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah hmm. some food for thought yeah so so terence malick mm. uh I, don't, I respect him once again don't necessarily agree with his philosophical vision but uh i mean mm. yeah in spite of those things that i said about the tree of life you know the jump cuts and the cgi i mean outside of that it's a, it's a good film i think anyone who likes film should check it out right terence Terrence Malick's Terrence Malick, you know, it's just, just him. He's got a very unique way of making films. I'm also going to respect him for it, you know, for the hundredth time. But <laughs> mm. There you go. Uh, right, sounds good then. Well, do you have anything else? Here. Yeah, yeah, I think this is a good stopping right. point. So this has been right, another episode uh, of Serious Conversations on Sex, Religion, Politics and Other Things. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Mm, goodbye. Goodbye.